Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Barpath Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. Cool. So for our Q&As, we answer three questions. If you want to ask us questions, you can join our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend. Ask away in there. You can DM us on Instagram at Barpath Fitness, or you can email us if you're cool like that. <laughs> yep. Okay. Question number one, are BCAAs beneficial? Okay, so let's just break down what BCAAs are slash stand for. They're branch chain amino acids. Okay, so they're definitely one of the bigger supplements that are touted in the supplement space because they're just tasty drinks, really. (laughs) If you're getting in enough protein, then you're wasting your money. And this applies to people who eat animal protein. I think that the the branch chain amino acids can be really actually helpful for vegans because it's really hard to get adequate protein as it is for most people, but it makes it even harder for vegans, right? So, and you have to you have to eat a lot of carbohydrates to get in your protein as a vegan. So I think this would be a way, especially if you're trying to, you know, keep your your caloric intake in check, this could be a way to bump up your your protein intake for the day. However, I would say the most optimal is obviously eating animal protein. But again, if you're vegan, like this could be a good supplement. But, you know, if we're talking about our average sedentary person, the the branched chain amino acids can definitely be helpful because they're if they're sedentary, they're probably really not taking into account how much protein they're eating in general. And you know, they're obviously like not training and they're probably don't really care too much about their diet. So yeah, I feel like it could be a little bit beneficial. However, like they're really not tackling the big rocks, which is what's going to be the most important. But I feel like with this question, we're probably talking to someone who is probably training hard and prioritizing protein. So if that is you, don't waste your money unless you just want a tasty drink. (laughs) And that's fine. But just know it's really not doing much for you. But if you are training hard and you are really trying to prioritize your protein and you're still finding it hard to get it in, it definitely could help. So you just have to figure out where you're at with that. But for most people in the fitness space, I would say the branched chain amino acids are probably one of the most wasteful supplements out there. It's just a nice, tasty drink (laughs) for your training, which... You know, we've talked about before, it can be beneficial. Like if you go into your training and this is your drink, it can be beneficial as far as keeping that routine because it'll keep you consistent, right? So if that's you, great, go for it. If you're not going to train without your tasty branch chain amino acid drink, okay, maybe you should just continue to buy it. But I feel like most people can do do without it. So yeah, just a little spiel on that. So cool. Okay. Question number two. How do you deal with being so stuffed when hitting your protein intake? This is a great question because this happens a lot once, especially for me, once I get clients who they come to me, they're eating healthy, but they actually don't know how much protein they're getting. And then we track it, we find out, and then we start to up their protein and they're like, holy shit, I'm stuffed. (laughs) Protein is very satiating. Okay. So I would need to know how much are you eating in general and are you eating more than you need? Yeah. Okay. So that is the big, that's the big thing right there. So like, are you eating a, a good amount of calories and now you're also trying to up your protein intake? You might need to scale back from your other macronutrients. So maybe, you know, bring the carbs down a little bit, bring the fat down a little bit in order to hit your protein intake. Okay. 
um, another good idea is to spread your meals out even more. Okay. So let's say you're doing three meals a day, just like your average person. Maybe you need to eat five meals a day because you'll, you'll have a couple hours in between each meal. And I, I honestly don't care what the research says. It's, I feel like it's been disproven as far as like you know you need to spread your meals out six meals a day or no that's debunked you need two meals a day or whatever it doesn't matter the most important thing is getting your protein intake in so if that helps then definitely do that if you need to eat eight meals a day go for it if you can right i feel like that's a lot of prep but that is a lot if you need to do that go for it another good idea is to eat leaner cuts of protein with more carbs in your meals so when you eat more carbs you're going to feel hungrier because naturally, if you're if you're keeping your calories in check, you're 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 going to have to lower your fats as well. We I don't want you to cut out your fats completely because you definitely need a minimum amount to you know help with your bodily functions, right? And to get all of your the the nutrients that you need from the fat sources. But I generally notice with myself and with clients that the higher the carb intake, the hungrier the client is. So this can definitely help with hunger. So yeah, I wanted to go back to are you eating more than you need? Because I think. I don't think we addressed this. Uh, you you asked how much protein they were eating, right? So like you don't need to be eating two times your body weight in protein. Right, yeah. <laughs> like I think that's something that we just need to call out really quick because I think that's a myth in fitness, right? Like a lot of people like bodybuilders and people will be like, yeah, let's eat 1.5 to 2 you know, grams per pound of yeah, your body weight or something like that. No, like we've talked about before, like the optimal range that, you know, is <laughs> researched and then like also like what the, you know, dietary guidelines say and how that's like the minimum for survival and it should be more than that. But yeah. So what's the, what's the general recommendation? 0. 0.6 to point. Well, so 0.6 for, to one for optimal range. It's 0. 0.6 to one gram per pound. Yeah. And I would say the higher you can, or the closer you can get to the one gram per pound is going mm. to be your best bet, especially if you're training hard. Right. And if you have, if you're leaner, if you're leaner, you definitely want right. to get towards that one yeah. gram per pound. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like that's a that's a great thing that I didn't even think of because right because this person may be eating like two maybe grams like, per pound. Yeah, they're like, holy shit, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've done close to one and a half and I'm like, what the it's fuck's so happening? Yeah. I don't like I can't. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Another good thing is, you know, we've talked about this on our fasting podcast. Like, you know, it's been really popular the last 10 years and I feel like people just don't eat breakfast anymore. This is it me. <laughs> yeah. This is where you need to be eating first thing in the morning, like a big bolus of your protein yeah, if intake. If you have trouble getting protein in. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because you're, most people are hungrier in the morning and they just feel like, oh, I don't need to eat. Like I can just get on with my day and I won't think about it. But no, this is where you need to actually eat first thing in the morning because now you have the whole day to digest your food and you're going to give yourself more Mm -hmm. hours and opportunities in the day to be hungrier and to eat more so yeah um oh one other good one is to try a smoothie so make a protein smoothie but and you know put whatever you need in there to make it tasty and to hit your macronutrients for the day or cal caloric needs for the day but generally drinking food doesn't fill you up as much because there's not that chewing components so you're just drinking it you know you might feel a little bit full at first but you'll probably find that you're a little bit hungrier fairly or a lot quicker after um a chewed meal <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think i mean i feel like for the most part i mean stuffed isn't good because this question they asked about being stuffed yeah but satiated like more satiated when you're starting to eat more protein that's such that, a great thing that's a great right? thing like yeah. that's what we want so yeah, yeah that means you're doing things well <laughs> yeah yeah so maybe take a step back and think are you actually stuffed and is it actually the, the protein yeah making you stuff exactly because usually 
when someone feels so stuffed like this, a lot of other things are coming into play. Yeah. Be- and the, the nice thing that I find, which Heather just said, when I get my clients eating, you know, close to that one gram per pound is that they're like, wow, I feel really satiated. I don't want to eat anymore. It's not like, oh my God, I'm so stuffed. I can't right. eat. But it's more of like, okay, I feel good. But also one other thing is, were you eating very little calories before? Mm-hmm. If that's the case, your metabolism was probably very slow. So now you're, you know, if you found all this information on protein and how important it is to get enough and you're like, oh, I need to do that. Well, you might just be eating a lot more calories than your body's used to. Yeah. So that's another thing to take into account. You just have to see where you're at with this. Yeah. I think that's something that nobody talks about is like if someone's eating like 20 to 40 grams of protein a day and then they read that they're supposed to be eating like a hundred and something and yeah. then you know they just jump right up to it no it should be like a slow gradual build yeah. i feel like and yeah I don't, yeah and the lower you are with your calories the more gradual you'll need to be just yeah. to let that hun- hunger kind of kick in and let your your muscle building process start to happen which will gear up the hunger yeah. so yeah you just have to really see where you're at with this it just kind of depends on those different scenarios so yeah okay Question three, what's the difference between the flat bench press and incline press? Okay. Wait, cool, cool. Di- difference. Do they mean like a difference Probably. like muscular wise or? That's what I'm stimulus? guessing. Okay, let's go with that. We can go into all yeah, of it. Yeah. So yeah, I would say the flat bench press has more of that overall pec muscle activation, whereas the incline press, whether it be dumbbell or barbell, has more of the shoulder slash upper pec muscle activation right i think there's you know some studies on that as far as like they're actually watching what muscles are activated Mm -hmm. but you can also when you're flat pressing you can definitely do more weight on that as far as like how how much weight you're lifting but you definitely don't want to neglect the incline press different angle you know there are different angles for both of them so there's different muscle fiber recruitment and it's it's good to do both maybe you do a phase of flat bench maybe you do a phase of incline but also with the incline you're lifting at a slightly bigger range of motion because Mm -hmm. it takes longer for the bar to reach the chest than it does the flat press so yeah i think i don't know do you have any do you have any differences for like what you did when you were competing with powerlifting. I mean, it, you don't have to be a powerlifter to like do it, but no, I mean for, I hate calling it a flat bench press too, because I think people think that their back has to be flat when they do it. Oh, which yeah. you've, If you've not heard our stuff on that, go back and listen to all the podcasts ever where we talk about why we're, it's important to have yeah. uh, a little arch in your bench. But I know what you mean, like flat bench on the, on the floor. The f- yeah. Flat um, on the floor. But yeah, I, I mean, that was my main you know, specificity. So that was my main lift when I was competing, but we always did a lot of incline pressing as well. And I will say every time I go to do incline bench, I just feel like such a wimp. Yeah. It it is so much harder. Like, I mean, you are using more shoulder and obviously my overhead press is a lot less than my bench press. Right. So like the closer I get to an overhead press, the weaker I'm going to be. And like you said, bigger range of motion. Like there's a lot there. I also like suck at fitting on the incline bench at like the gym. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm so short. It's made for like a five, 10 male <laughs> like I can't even reach the bar at the time and then like I have to take it all it's just like the most awkward thing and my feet almost don't touch the floor like it's crazy but yeah that's a side note <laughs> yeah I will say that the incline press can be a little bit easier on the shoulders if you're suffering from an injury mm. just from the angle of it but yeah I would definitely incorporate both and incorporate the barbell for both and incorporate dumbbells for both yeah all you the can things. even throw in kettlebell if you really wanted to but yeah I feel like as far as differences I mean, that's really it. Yeah. You're going to get a little more shoulder versus yeah, chest. Yeah. The setup for, we've talked about the setup for the bench press, the flat 
bench on the floor press Mm -hmm. but i don't really notice much of a difference as far as my setup for incline do you i feel like that's something you'd pay more attention to no yeah no it's pretty much the same i mean you still want to do that scapular retraction and depression yeah for sure like it's it's all very similar there's not as much leg drive yeah when you're seated versus when you're lying down though that's very true it's gonna be a little different yeah, it's just going to be harder in the incline is just going to be harder because mm-hmm. you're like Heather said, the closer you get to like you're lifting overhead, the harder it's going to be. Yeah. It's but, almost a completely different lift, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I feel like there's like two camps on this, like the powerlifting camp and the bodybuilding camp. And it's like the the bodybuilders are like, which one's better for, you know, right, for ch- chest building? This, yeah. And the powerlifters are like, well, how is the incline press going to make my flat bench press right. stronger? Yes. Which obviously makes <laughs> sense, but yeah. both in both for yeah. both of those camps. Like, All of the above. You need, yeah, definitely. Like if you're just sticking with the flat bench press to build muscle mm-hmm. and you only do that, well, yeah, you'll probably see some nice a nice new stimulus with the incline press and you probably will spark some muscle growth. Whereas like the, with the different muscle fiber recruitment for the incline press, it'll definitely help your flat bench press for co- competition if you're powerlifting. Yeah. So yeah, I just feel like we kind of have both camps on yeah. there. So yeah, do it all. Cool. And if you're a woman press, <laughs> I feel like a lot of women or anyone press, but yeah. Well, I just feel like a lot of women are afraid to work their chest. I don't. Which, I feel like that's changing. I feel like it, everything's changed. I still see a lot of questions in other groups about that. And oh, I, you do? Yeah. See, okay, here's the interesting thing: the online world and then what I see when I go to the gym. Because like I that's go to a, a like regular chain gym now, and there are a lot of women lifting some heavy ass weights. Oh yeah, and it is so freaking cool. awesome. But yeah. then you go to these Facebook groups and yeah, i don't know I, it's different well i just feel like the people who go to the gyms are the people who are you know researching this like looking right they're feeling comfortable there they it's, understand it yeah yeah so the people online are probably maybe in their like beginning stages of everything right. and they're going off of what they've been taught for so long like don't work your pe- pec muscles if you're a woman because you have boobs i've like, literally never heard that well what do you mean <laughs> like i've never heard anyone i've never heard that piece of advice well i think it, even I, it's like a bad piece of advice you know well yeah it's like why i feel like the the mentality is why would i lift my pec muscles when there's fat tissue there which uh, makes no I, sense yeah i have never heard that i've heard the why would i uh work my legs when i ride my bike kind of <laughs> <laughs> oh buddy i'm doing cycling yeah okay yeah. there's a lot of things <laughs> I'm there my legs. that's a whole yeah. other question yeah, that's a whole other question that's a whole other that's podcast in it of itself but <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, we're going off on a tangent with women training, but yeah, train all angles of presses. Although another tangent, I feel like the decline bench press is stupid. Oh, I knew you were going to get into this and I wasn't ready, but yeah. Okay. Do you think it's stupid? Because I think it's stupid. Uh, I need to, I need to look into if there's actually any benefits. All right. You know what? We're going to make this on the next one. We're going to make this into a Q and a or into a question on the next Q&A. What is this, Q&A right. 32? Is, is the decline bench just an ego lift? That's, yes, that's, that's going to be the question. question. And we are <laughs> asking, first of all, we are right here, right now, asking this question to ourselves for future Q&A yes, 33 podcasts. So I feel like because we asked it, people are going to be interested in it. Yes, so we should yes. answer it. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Oh, can't stop listening to this podcast now. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, if you do have questions, like we said, ask them away in our group, uh, on our social meds, social meds, or on our email. 
kind of love social media. Yes, I do. If you like this podcast, please rate it, review it. On any podcast player that you use. Yes. And share it with all your cool friends and your lame friends. All of your friends. 